if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. It is exactly that. Good morning to you. Thanks for being with us as we get started at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Thursday, the 30th and penultimate morning of the month of July in the year of our Lord 2020. Thanks for being with us. We've got uh, three great guests coming up again today. You're going to want to hear them. Eric Trump, son of the President of the United States, will be joining me in half an hour at 935. Eric and I will discuss a host of things related to his father's presidency. And, of course, his campaign for re-election. Also, we will talk to Eric about what happened yesterday. As big tech continues to target conservatives in an attempt to influence votes among 330 million Americans, including tens of millions of those uh, social media platform users. Why are they silencing conservatives? Why are they targeting Donald Trump? Why are they favoring liberal Democrats? And why is that allowed? His own brother. Donald Trump Jr. had his Twitter account suspended for sharing a a video of doctors giving their medical opinions about hydroxychloroquine, for crying out loud. So Eric Trump and I will have a lot to discuss at 9.35. Coming up at 10.10, Dr. Everett Piper on his regular visit. Dr. Piper is going to talk about the impact of race in America on the election and the flip side. The impact of the election on race in America. And there's, there's a reason I say it that way. And we'll talk to Dr. Piper coming up at 1010 about that. And then speaking of race, he, he's back. He's one of my favorite guys to talk to. Vince Everett Ellison, author of The Iron Triangle, Inside the Liberal Democrat Plan to Use Race to Divide Christians and America in Their Quest for Power and How We Can Defeat Them. That's uh, coming up at 1035. Uh, Vince Ellison is going to be talking about Rutgers University and its attempt to essentially erase English as an actual language. Not really erasing English, but essentially saying that because black lives matter and because black people can't figure out English, we're going to let them get by with speaking their own version of English with slang, street dialects, etc. They won't have to actually conjugate verbs. They won't have to have subject-verb agreement, use plurals, and... Uh, singulars uh, successfully, etc. See, blacks can't do that. That's not me saying that. That's Rutgers University saying that. In more racism couched as progressivism for African Americans. Simply incredible. 
And Vince Everdellison is going to speak to that at 1035. So Eric Trump, Dr. Everett Piper, and Vince Everett. How about that? This has got to be a record. I think this is the first time we've ever had two Everett's on the program uh, at the same time. I think that's probably a record at all of talk radio. So uh, Dr. Everett Piper and Vince Everett Ellison will be with us on the program today. So I want to start, though, with what happened yesterday. I started talking about those big tech uh, companies and their censorship of conservative voices. It is not even a question, as, as uh, Jim Jordan said and p- as part of his opening statement yesterday, big tech targets conservatives. Why? Mark Zuckerberg is a radical liberal. He runs Facebook. Jack Dorsey is a radical liberal. He runs Twitter. Jeff Bezos is a radical liberal. He runs Amazon. And we all know that the whole of Google is radical liberals, and they target conservatives by limiting what people can see when they search for news stories. They limit and hide conservative news uh, coverage of those stories, so you only get the liberal perspective. That's what Jim Jordan said when he started out yesterday. I'll just cut to the chase. Big tech's out to get conservatives. That's not a suspicion. That's not a hunch. That's a fact. July 20th, 2020, Google removes the home pages of Breitbart and the Daily Caller. Just last night, we learned Google has censored Breitbart so much, traffic has declined 99%. June 16th, 2020, Google threatens to demonetize and ban the Federalists. April 19th, 2020, Google and YouTube announce a policy censoring the content that conflicts with recommendations of the World Health Organization. Now think about that. The World Health Organization, the organization that lied to us, the organization that shielded for China. And if you contradict something they say, they can say whatever they want. They can lie for China. They can shield for China. You say something against them, you get censored. June 29, 2020, Amazon bans President Trump's account on Twitch after he raises concerns about defunding the police. June 4, 2020, Amazon bans a book critical of the coronavirus lockdowns written by a conservative commentator. May 27, 2020. Amazon Smile won't let you give to the Family Research Council and the Alliance Defense Fund, but you can give to Planned Parenthood. And it goes on and on and on like that. So many examples highlighted by Congressman Jordan, who, as I said yesterday, about his commentary and his uh, handling of the situation with the Bill Barr testimony, now the day a day later he's uh, in this big tech uh, Judiciary Committee hearing, uh, Jim Jordan is the hero we need right now. And you know who knows that? Every single liberal Democrat who continues to try to shut him up. This is what happened after uh, Jim Jordan questioned. Actually, let me let you hear some of the questioning of the Google executive, and then I'll let you hear what happened after it. Can you assure Americans today you won't tailor your features to help Joe Biden in the upcoming election? Uh you know, we support work that campaigns do. I just want to make sure I I'm understand that. that. We all we all we all do all kinds of online social media, every all kinds of that kind of, that that, that uh, outreach, that communication. This is a simple question. Can you today assure Americans you will not tailor your features in any way to help specifically help one candidate over other? And this this what I'm concerned about is you helping Joe Biden over President Trump. We, we won't do any work, uh, you know, it, to politically tell anything one way or the other. It's against our core values. But, but, but you did it in 2016. There's an email in 2016 that was widely circulated amongst the executives at your company that got public where Ms. Ileana Marillo, head of your multicultural marketing, talks about the silent donation Google made to the Clinton campaign 
And you applauded her work. She, she points that out in the email. I'm just curious, if you did it in 16, I want to make, in, you know, in spite of the fact you did it in 16, President Trump won, I just want to make sure you're not going to do it again in 2020. Called him out directly. You intentionally and even acknowledged amidst yourselves that you were silently donating to the Hillary Clinton campaign by what you allowed to go online and be viewable by those making searches on Google. And Google is so extraordinarily powerful, as you know, Googling became its own verb many, many years ago. You don't search things on the Internet anymore. You Google them. And Google thus has an extraordinarily outsized influence on what people see as it pertains to the election. So after Jim Jordan uh, demanded that he admit, well, that he uh, um, promise that they will not do that this time around, uh, wait until you hear what happens afterwards with Representative Mary Scanlon. Listen to this. Congressman, on our search engine, uh, conservatives have more access to information than ever before. We appreciate that. That's not, that wasn't the question. Can you assure us today you're not going to try to silence conservatives? And can you assure us today you're not going to try to configure your features, as Ms. Murillo said you did for Clinton in 16? Can you assure us today you're not going to do the same thing for Joe Biden in 2020? Uh, you know, you, you, you have my commitment. Uh, it's always been true, and we'll continue to uh, conduct ourselves uh, in a neutral way. Appreciate it. Yield back. All right. So that, that, that part is the easy part. Finally, he got him to say, you have my commitment. We won't do that for Joe Biden. Of course, he then said we didn't do it before when the evidence is there that he did. But that's not where this particular exchange ends. Listen to Representative Mary Scanlon. The chair now recognizes the gentlelady from Pennsylvania, Ms. Scanlon. Thank you, gentlemen. I'd like to uh, redirect your attention to antitrust law rather than fringe conspiracy theories. Uh, Mr. Bezos, our investigation... Mr. Chairman, uh, we have the email. There is no free... Excuse me, it's not your time. Jordan, you do not have the time. Please be respectful of your colleague. She controls the time. You, You hear the chair shouting at Jim Jordan... You do not have the time. Please be respectful of your colleague. Right after that, colleague disrespected him by saying that he was promoting fringe conspiracy theories. You know who wasn't having it? Jim Jordan. Put your mask on. Put your mask on. Mr. Jordan. Mr. Raskin. Mr. Jordan. You want to talk about masks. Mr. Jordan. Ms. Scanlon. Why would the Deputy Secretary of Treasury unmask Michael Flynn's name? Mr. Scanlon. And what I want to know is, when someone comes after my motives for asking questions, I get a chance to respond. The gentlelady is recognized. Jim Jordan, by the way, first of all, he was not having it, which was spectacular. He wasn't just going to be shouted down. They shouted him to put his mask on. He wasn't allowed to respond to Scanlon, who just said he was asking questions of the Google executive that were, quote, fringe conspiracy theory. First of all, he wasn't having it. He didn't just silence himself, which was spectacular. Second of all, and I'm going to ask him next time I talk to him, which would be next Monday, I think Jim Jordan just incorporated a Bob France line in his congressional committee hearing. <laughs> it was it was an interview with Jim Jordan two weeks ago in which I kind of just dropped the funny one-liner that came to the top of my head. When I talked about the, actually it was about three weeks ago maybe, because it was shortly after Michael Flynn and the situation involving, um, the Attorney General, uh, dismissing the cases against, the case against, uh, Michael Flynn. 
and we were talking about unmasking, and I said it appears as though with uh, the only time Democrats are interested in unmasking is when they do it to Michael Flynn, because you know the comparison obviously to put it, making everybody wear masks uh, for the COVID virus, and he laughed very heartily. Then he goes on the uh, committee yesterday, and you heard it. I don't. Hopefully, you heard it. There's a lot of voices there. Jordan said, "Speaking of unmasking." <laughs> Why would the Deputy Secretary of State unmask Michael Flynn? Uh, so if you want to talk about masks, how about unmasking Michael Flynn? I guarantee you he got that from our conversation. And I take great pride in that, to be 100% honest with you. All right, let's move on from Jim Jordan and let's go to Matt Gates, Representative Matt Gates from Florida, talking to Mark Zuckerberg, calls Google the most dangerous election interference organization in the world. Zuckerberg, by the way, of course, is the um, uh, is the uh, Facebook uh, CEO and uh, Matt Gates. Now I take that back. This is not part of the hearing. This is actually an interview on Fox after the hearing. But here's what Matt Gates had to say about Google. Congress will not do anything on big tech because Congress is bought off by big tech. But we proved today that many of America's largest technology platforms are not acting in the best interest of our country. They've pulled out of deals as Google has with our own military to keep our service members safe. But then Google has no problem going and partnering with the Chinese military, of all folks. Even General Dunford, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, said that Google is directly benefiting the Chinese military. But it's not just that they're working with China. Google allows the Chinese military uh, unregulated access to their platform. Twitter allows China to say anything and everything they want about this country. Twitter allows the leading state sponsor of terrorism in America, the Iranians, the uh, the freedom to go onto American platforms like social media and like Twitter and threaten to wipe out America and wipe out Israel, and that remains unchecked. But Donald Trump tweets something or retweets something that they don't like, and they censor it? That's the other part of this story. I've got more for you coming right up on AM 1420, The Answer. Now, we're going to stay on the big tech hearings on Capitol Hill yesterday as the uh, leaders of the uh, platforms that control the flow of information in this country, more so now maybe than uh, CBS, NBC, you know, the television news networks, more more than the uh, large uh, newspapers. People are getting their news, and I use that word in quotation marks, they're getting their news from social media. So these companies need to be held accountable for what they do and what they allow and what they censor. They are censoring voices, and almost all of them are conservative voices, as an example. Um, the COVID-19 experience in America, the pandemic experience, has largely become political. It shouldn't be, but it is. Liberals want to lock down everything probably because it's going to hurt Donald Trump, but they want to lock down everything and let government decide where you go and how you look when you get there. 
and what you do when you get there. This is the difference between big government, liberalism, and progressivism, where the state has the power over the individual, and small government uh, conservatism in which we are free people, granted not by the state but by God. And we ask the state only to provide us with infrastructure, build our highways, hire our military and our police forces, protect us, and get out of our way. That's what a free country, a capitalist country, is all about. Liberals want the state to have control, right? That's where this this that's what this has come down to. That's why the liberals want to keep the schools closed, and conservatives want the schools open. Liberals want the uh, businesses and industry op- uh, closed. And conservatives want it open. So this has become very political, which brings us back now to big tech. Censorship has been practiced uniformly by the leadership of YouTube, which is Google, Facebook, Twitter, and others. And they're working in concert because it's impossible that they all just independently thought that, hey, those doctors that got together for the frontline doctors press conference in Washington, D.C., uh, back on Monday, those doctors need to be silenced. And I'm talking about Dr. Emma Emanuel, the Nigerian doctor that everyone has come to either love or, or ridicule, but about a dozen other doctors who agreed with her about treating patients with COVID-19 with the uh, uh, hydroxychloroquine uh, cocktail, if you will. Hydroxychloroquine combined with uh, ZPAC and with zinc. And they decided that we're not allowing this. Well, Mark Zuckerberg yesterday in this hearing was asked how you can ban and censor medical opinions from medical doctors. Here's what he said. Um, We do prohibit content that will lead to imminent risk of harm. And stating that uh, there is a proven cure for COVID when there is, in fact, none um, might encourage someone to go take something that could have some adverse effects. So we do take that down. We do not prohibit discussion around uh, trials of drugs. Um, or, or people saying that they, they think that things might work or personal experiences with experimental uh, drugs. That is exactly what they did. These medical doctors, frontline physicians who treat patients with COVID, are saying in their personal experiences with prescribing hydroxychloroquine along with ZPAC and zinc have seen tremendous results. Dr. Mark Siegel was not there, but Dr. Mark Siegel, who's a physician who is also a Fox News contributor, said that literally the prescription of hydroxychloroquine for his elderly father saved his father's life. These particular experiences are exactly what they are blocking and taking down. How do you feel knowing that Mark Zuckerberg thinks that he, as a Harvard dropout, knows more about medicine than the doctors who are treating patients for COVID-19. We prohibit content that will lead to imminent risk of harm? How can a doctor who is licensed by the AMA write a prescription to a patient and have that be, quote, imminent harm? That's between that doctor and that patient. And then he said, uh, stating that there's a proven cure for COVID when there is none, how do you know that there is none? How do you know that these doctors haven't found something that actually does cure the patients that they are treating? And then he said, it might encourage someone to go and take something that could have adverse effects. Nobody can just go take hydroxychloroquine. 
It is a controlled substance. It is something that can only be acquired by prescription. Nobody can go and take hydroxychloroquine on their own. But Mark Zuckerberg wants you to think that he and the rest of his liberal idiot moderators at Facebook know more than the doctors that they censored. Which brings me to this. Congressman Louie Gohmert, conservative congressman from Texas, has been diagnosed positive with COVID-19. Liberals everywhere are cheering that because he has been someone who has said we should not have mask mandates. They think it's poetic justice that he got sick with COVID-19. Louis Gohmert went on Sean Hannity last night and maybe shocked the world with what he said he's doing about his COVID-19 with the advice and the prescription from his doctor. My doctor and I are all in, and I got a text just before I came on from a dear friend doctor that just found out he had it, and he said he started the DQ uh, regimen too, so zinc, erythromycin, and the hydroxychloroquine, and that will start uh, just in the next day or two. Yep. So thank. So, Congressman Gomert and his physician, he said, a dear friend, a physician of his also was diagnosed recently with, recently with COVID-19, has already started on hydroxychloroquine, the doctor has, and he is about to start it as well. Oh, my goodness, Mark Zuckerberg, shouldn't you race down to Texas and knock that pill out of Louis Gohmert's hands? Don't let him take it. It might be bad for him. You know more than his doctor does. Now, if that sounds extreme, it is. But that's exactly what they did by banning this video. Medical opinions are now banned from medical physicians. If the Google tech moderators, this is what technocracy is. If these technocrats don't like what they're saying, they can ban them. We'll get out now so I can make room for Eric Trump. We'll talk about this, too, coming up on AM 1420, The Answer. Nine thirty-five. Now we continue on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. President Trump's son, Donald Trump Jr., was on Tucker last night talking about what we've been talking about, which is, of course, the censorship of conservatives by big tech. Well, listen, I've been saying this for a long time. I wrote my first book about just this, the censorship coming from the big tech giants from California, from a, you know, as homogenous a group as you could possibly imagine. That's for sure. And if they're censoring my account, they're censoring others. There's no question about that. I have been victimized by it, so have many other people, and probably Donald Trump Jr.'s brother, Eric Trump, who joins us now to discuss this and more on AM fourteen twenty, the answer. Eric Trump, good to have you back on our program here in Cleveland. How are you? Hey, Bob, it's great to be back. Are you suffering the same types of things that your brother, your brother, much more publicly, I think, and especially uh, because he's been out there doing interviews on this? Have you noticed your own ability to express yourself or people that you know, Eric, uh, being uh, silenced or shadow banned or whatever by the uh, liberal uh, tech giants? Oh, absolutely, Bob. I mean, I, I posted a video of one of a beautiful hotel video that we did the other day. I was very proud of, you know, a project that we have. And I, all of a sudden, on my on my private messages, all of a sudden, people start sending over a little link that said, you know, you know, this this uh, you know this video has been uh, you know censored or this video has been um, you know obscured. It might be violating a terms and conditions of Twitter's use policy. You know, I mean, effectively, they're blocking just ordinary content because they saw who's coming from me. This happens every single day. I mean, but look at the most egregious you know, cases of this. You've got 100 million people in this country that carry around an iPhone, right? And you have some 
you know, tech savant, young, you know, radical left tech savant over in Silicon Valley that literally picks the stories that go on Apple News, right, which is a huge platform for getting, you know, people getting their news every single day. This isn't, you know, based on preferences. This isn't based on, you know, some kind of fairness. They don't have one person who's conservative, one person who's Democrat, and they each put stories on there. I mean, every single story on there will be negative. Every single story will be, you know, very, very far left. And so you literally do have Silicon Valley, you know, despite the testimony that they had yesterday, who puts their fingers on the scales of a U.S. election, you know, each and every single day. And, you know, Twitter censored my father, you know, three weeks ago. They blocked one of his videos. They put warnings on. And it was it was innocent content. And you better believe if they're willing to, to censor the president of the United States or if they're willing to censor me or they're willing to censor you, you better believe that they're willing to take the voice away from, you know, uh, somebody who doesn't have as big of a platform. And, it's, right. um, you know, that's a very, very scary thing in a country where we have a First Amendment right to freedom of, of speech. And um, people have got to watch that's... out for this. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's scary stuff. It really is, and that's what yesterday's congressional hearing was all about, and uh, they were called on the carpet for this. And I want to talk specifically about your brother's suspension, even though it was only 12 hours. The idea that there would be any kind of punishment for him retweeting or sharing the video of a bunch of actual frontline doctors standing in front of, I think it was the Supreme Court, uh, on Monday talking about the realities of treating COVID patients rather than the medical policymakers who can only talk in theory about what's going on. These are the frontliners, and they expressed a medical opinion that, that hydroxychloroquine along with ZPAC and, and zinc work. Uh, and, and Mark Zuckerberg has decided that he knows more about that medicine and its impact and its reaction with the body than these doctors and said literally at this hearing yesterday, this is what your brother shared, uh, he said, we will prohibit content that will lead to immediate or to a imminent risk of harm and stating that there is a proven cure for COVID when there is is none might encourage someone to take something that could have some adverse effects so dr zuckerberg is apparently saying he knows more than the actual doctors that your brother posted and retweeted and got censored for and by the way it was a beautiful video and as you said these aren't these aren't quacks these are persons these are incredible doctors top of their game in major major hospitals who are in washington dc sharing their experience, saying that there is a drug out there that many people have found to have worked, right? You know, you, you, you look at um, certain groups of people who have rheumatoid arthritis and other things that were taking, you know, hydroxychloroquine, and, and, and their rates of actually getting, you know, you know, their rates of getting COVID were substantially less because they were on the, right? There, there's been lots of evidence that have, posed, that, that, that have pointed to the fact that, you know, there, there's something there and there's something that works. And, and they're sharing their experiences working in major medical centers from across the country and saying, listen, you know, people need to listen to this. So he posts this beautiful video. And as you said, Dr. Zuckerberg, you know, decides to, it, it, it's, it's wrong. Um, you know, that's, and remember, and the one thing that people forget is these people are given, you know, they're given protections, right? They're, they're given protections where you can't sue them, you can't go after them because they're supposed to be free speech platforms, but they're not. They're actually acting as media companies. They're spoon-feeding people, you know, content they want. I'll give you one example, one other example, Bob, that's like totally egregious. You know, you see, you know, if, you know fundraising emails the campaign sends or informational emails the campaign sends. You know, they send it to Google. They'll have unsubscribed tabs under Trump emails, and then you get an email from, you know, from Biden. There's no unsubscribe tab. They're also playing games like that, and Verizon's playing games, and Sprint's playing games, and AT&T's playing games. You know, Google's playing massive games, Twitter, Facebook. Um, it's really uh, it's really unbelievable, and 
they want to take away our free speech, no different than they want to take away our freedom of religion in this country, no different than they want to take away our Second Amendment rights. I mean, you know, they're happy for you to have free speech so long as you agree with their thought. As soon as you right. don't, they come out and they chastise you and they berate you and they, um, it's, um, you know, they cancel you um, in the state of cancel culture, and it's it's not right. Hey, Eric Trump are, is our guest. Of course, he is the son of... Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I had a cut out there, so I thought you, uh, I thought you were done. Uh, the phone cut dropped for a second. Uh, here we're talking with Eric Trump, the uh, son of the president of the United States. All of this that we're talking about right now, Eric, makes your dad's job that much harder. Uh, he's got to campaign that much harder. He's got to work that much harder to get his message out because it's being filtered by the big tech giants. It's being, uh, you know, suggested to unsubscribe, as you just pointed out as well. It's being limited in reach by Google and the search engines and by Apple News. So it, it makes your dad's job that much harder. How is he? How does he feel about this? We know he loves Twitter. He uses Twitter incessantly. In fact, some people think too much. Um, he loves social media, but yet social media is out to get him. So how does he feel about what they're doing to his reelection uh, campaign? Well, listen, I think he's, he, he thinks it's crazy. I also think he thinks that, you know, uh, the majority of Americans see through it. I mean, it's not it, it's it's not like this is, um, you know, it, it's not like this is secretive anymore. I mean, they're literally censoring the president of the United States and they're admitting to doing it. So, you know, I think he, he sees it. But but listen, I mean, zoom out for a second and, and, and look at really the issues ahead of us. I mean, you've got a, a radical party that wants to defund the police. They're totally fine with total anarchy. They want to raise taxes of 82 percent of people across the country. I mean, Biden just proposed a tax bill that wants to raise taxes by $4 trillion in this country. They want complete welfare for all illegal immigrants. They want total amnesty for 11 million immigrants. They don't illegal immigrants. They, they don't want border security of any sort. They want to take away your religion. They want to, you know, get rid of your Second Amendment rights. Um, you know, they want to keep schools closed, despite the fact that they want to keep, you know, having, you know, government and parents and, um, and people paying for, for education. They want to decimate energy. I mean, guys, I could go on and on and on. I mean, they're totally fine with total anarchy. They're totally fine with having cops had, having bricks thrown at their, their heads and pieces of PVC sharpened and, and thrown at them. I mean, this is, this is the radical mob that is the Democratic Party. These are the very people that, you know, um, are marching around Joe Biden right now. And, and honestly, I think as we head into the last 90 days of, 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 of election, I, I think people see that. And I think we're on the right side of every single one of um, you know, these issues. So many of their platforms are, are, are simply un-American. They, they, they're not representative of who we are as people. I, and I, it doesn't matter if you're a Republican or Democrat. They're just simply not indicative of, of who we are as a society. And, um, and, and I, think, um, I think we feel really good about where we stand. He's uh, bragging, is Joe Biden, about if he said, if I'm elected, I will be the most progressive president in, hi- in history. That's not something yeah. to brag about. He knows he has to become that if he's going to pull in and unite his party and pull in the, the socialist wing of the party, which is kind of almost becoming the majority of the Democrat Party. But p- to pull in the Bernie supporters uh, that are angry that he had to get kicked out of this whole thing, he said he's going to be the most progressive candidate in history. I don't know how that message resonates with Flyover America. It, well, it, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't resonate with Democrats and fly. You know, in, in quote unquote flyover America either. It just. Um, it doesn't. You know, people want to live great lives. They don't want to have government spend their money. They want to have great jobs. They want to be able to build companies or work at a great company. They want to be able to take great vacations. They want to enjoy their families, and they're not into. Uh, anarchy and lawlessness and being told what to think and feel and and say. Um, they're not into um, having their, their police abused. They're not into having their, their military run down or their vets mistreated, which was happening under, you know, the Obama administration um, and under Biden. 
you know, don't, don't forget that Biden was the one that gave $150 billion to Iran, a country that absolutely detests us, right? He gave $150 billion. How, how about giving $150 billion to our school system, you know, in, in, in Ohio and in Pennsylvania and in other places that might might need it? I mean, how about you give the money to that? Instead, they give it to a country that hates our guts. And, and, and Americans are smart to this, and they realize the, the radical mob, and they see these hearings, and they see the kind of total discontent for the, uh, the United States. And, um, you know, they're not into people kneeling for the national, uh, you know, anthem and, you know, uh, burning the American flag. And, you know, the Democratic Party these days, they don't even come out and condemn this stuff. And they don't come out and condemn this violence toward cops. And they don't come out and condemn the, the kneeling or, or the burning of the flag or, or, quite frankly, anything else. And, um, again, um, you know, Bob, Americans are really smart and they, they see through this. And I think we're going to have an overwhelming victory, as scared as many people are to go out and, um, and say exactly that. You know, they'll say it when it matters on November 3rd. We're very excited to have your father coming to Cleveland for the first debate next month or in uh, September. We're really excited to see what he does to Babbling Joe on the debate stage. And, uh, Eric, it's really a pleasure ch- catching up with you. Please give your best, or our best, rather, to your father. I actually will, Bob. You take care. Thank you so much. Eric Trump uh, joining us on AM 1420, The Answer. He is the son of President Trump, and I love the uh, the optimism that I hear from him. I love the excitement. And I, I'm glad to know that he, and again, you know, he's part of his president's team in terms of re-election, understand that, that there's a whole lot of people, there are a whole lot of people in this country and here in the state of Ohio um, who aren't answering polls, who are maybe afraid of answering polls and who are afraid to show their support by wearing Trump 2020 t-shirts, Trump 2020 hats in public, make America great again hats, signs in front yards, bumper stickers on cars. And that's one of the things that lets, leads the Democrats to think, hey, we've got it. There is no enthusiasm out, enthusiasm out there for Trump. Look at the polls. Look at the polls. Look at the polls. We've got it. But sitting just beneath the surface of all of that, are millions and millions of Americans, maybe just like you, who don't want their car to be vandalized so they don't put the sticker on. They don't want their home to be vandalized so they don't put the yard sign out. They don't want to get assaulted or beaten or have things thrown at them so they don't wear the T-shirts or the hats. But come November 3rd, they're not going to be afraid. They're going to speak, and they're going to speak at the ballot box. And that's when we shock the world all over again, the way we did in November of 2016. That's when we show them what America is really made of. And we'll be right back. Bob France, here on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, onward, 953. Thanks for being with us. 216-901-0945. You want to get in, this is a good time to get in because I'm packed, as you know. Coming up at 1010, it'll be Dr. Everett Piper for his regular visit. We'll talk to uh, Vince Everett Ellison. We're just silly with Everett's today uh, at 1035. And you're going to want to hear both of those conversations. I want to go back, though, uh, in the meantime, to a little bit of what we were talking about. Louis Gomer, Congressman Louis Gomer, says he's taking hydroxychloroquine to treat his recently diagnosed COVID-19. He said his doctor is also diagnosed, and he is taking hydroxychloroquine. It's a good thing that neither one of them live in the state of Ohio. 
because Governor Mike DeWine would not allow them to treat their own diseases with the medicine of their own choice as prescribed by their own doctors. And in, of course, Dr. Or Louis Gomert's case, his own doctor is a doctor. He can make up his own mind. Did you see yesterday that Ohio crept into socialized medicine? You always wonder what socialized health care looks like, right? This is what we talk about when you hear liberals talking about uh, we need a, a single-payer health care, we need government-paid-for health care. Yes, we know it's going to raise all of our taxes, but it's going to eliminate our premiums, it's going to eliminate our deductibles, and yes, we want the government to pay for all of our health care by way of our taxes. And how many times have we screamed at you, are you sure you want the government of the United States to make your health care decisions for you? Are you sure you don't want to consult with your own physicians to decide with them and with you what the right course of action is for you? Are you sure you want to let Mike DeWine in here in the state of Ohio decide how to treat your coronavirus positive test? If indeed that happens to you, this is what it looks like. Mike DeWine has essentially said hydroxychloroquine has been banned as a treatment for coronavirus in the state of Ohio. You will have to go and get a, uh, and, and get a, a sign-off from the Ohio Board of Pharmacy to be able to use it. Beginning today. Pharmacies, clinics, and other medical institutions were to be prohibited from dispensing or willing to sell, uh, to willing, I'm sorry, dispensing or selling the drug to treat COVID-19, according to new regulations established by the State of Ohio Board of Pharmacy. It can still be used in clinical trials. But DeWine said this morning he thinks the decision of how to treat COVID-19 left now to the State of Ohio, uh, the Board of Pharmacy, uh, will not be allowed to be uh, a decision that will not be allowed to be left to the patient and the doctor. So this is just a bizarre story. Mike DeWine, the governor of the state of Ohio, is essentially allowing the pharmacy board to make this decision for him. Now, some have said that DeWine isn't on board with this, but the fact that it's going to happen leads me to believe that it is on board, because one thing Mike DeWine has not been shy about in his term as governor since COVID-19 became a pandemic, it's throwing his own considerable gubernatorial weight around. He likes being the go-to guy, well, or at least having his Ohio Department of Health Director, Amy Acton, be the go-to guy. He has completely blocked the Ohio State Legislature, the General Assembly, out of the decision-making progress or process. He has blocked the legislature from having any say in shutdowns. He has blocked the legislature in having any say in limiting the powers uh, of the uh, Department of Health director uh, to write orders. He has blocked the legislators away from deciding what happens in schools, for crying out loud. Mike DeWine has pretty much said, I'm running this show. And now he's going to allow the Board of Pharmacy to stop the sale or prescription of hydroxychloroquine? especially when there are numerous doctors who have said, with personal experience, they have prescribed it for their patients and seen great success. That's an amazing thing.
We have to call the governor, and I know this is pointless and futile sometimes because we've tried to call the governor about reopening Ohio, and we get nothing. We can't reach him, then they give us the right line, and then, of course, it's the, the machine is full or the messages are full. Uh, you know, you send them to, to an email address, and you have no earthly idea if it's getting where it needs to go. It's very hard. It really is. Um, the only thing that I can suggest, and this also seems futile. I apologize. This sounds all negative, but it also seems futile to contact your state representatives and state senators because they have been cut out of the loop entirely by the governor. But you kind of have to get to somebody in Columbus who can get the message that says we don't want the governor or the state pharmacy board deciding what medicines we can take. Um, we want our doctors to decide that. And if my doctor thinks hydroxy is going to work for me, I want to take it. I want to trust I trust my doctor more than I trust Mike DeWine or more than I trust the state pharmacy board. I want my doctor to make my decision. He's the one that's treating me, no one else. And I think the only thing we can do is try to reach Columbus. And the, probably the most accessible people are the ones that have been cut out of the loop, and those would be the legislatures, legislators in the legislature, uh, your representatives and senators. Find their numbers and contact them. All right, let me get out. It's 10.01. We'll get news. Uh, we'll fix the phones, hopefully, too. And Dr. Everett Piper next on AM 1420, The Answer.